Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic so you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash. Nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings, career managers. How are you doing today? As I record this, it is early December. Uh, you know, I live here in Florida, in North Florida and Tallahassee, and um, it's kind of a rainy day and it's supposed to get cold. Ooh, for my friends at the North, and I have a lot of Canadian clients, you'll be so sad to hear that it's going to get down into the 30s tonight. The 30 degree, uh, upper 30s Fahrenheit. So, you know, we're just all um, in, in an uproar about that. <laughs> but not to worry, I lived in Northeast Missouri for, gosh, how many years? 14 years. So I know cold, I know snow, I know ice. So it's not as though I've lived in Florida my whole life. I want to talk today about preparing for a job search in 2018. You know, you may think that I've already covered this topic, and, and in a sense, I've covered a little bit of it. So I've I've talked um, in episode six about updating your resume and your LinkedIn profile, getting some fresh recommendations on LinkedIn, and also using LinkedIn to connect with decision makers at your target companies using LinkedIn. But today I really want to talk about some of the trends in hiring for 2018 and, and kind of what that means for you. So the first really good resource I found online was thejobnetwork.com. And so they gave four really good tips and I'm going to give you their tips and then also interject my thoughts and comments about those tips. So their first tip was a professionally prepared resume. And of course that made me extremely happy to see um, but what they were saying was that really the competition is so tough. And when you combine that with the fact that so many other people are using a professional resume writer who really knows how to make that resume not only look but function, you know, have the right things in the right places, say things in the right way, and also give a great visual appeal to that resume. That, that that's the playing field that you're competing on. And if you don't compete on that same playing field, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage. I thought these statistics were very interesting. 58% of employers state that typos are the most common problem they see in resumes. That kind of didn't surprise me at all. 36% of employers state that resumes are too generic. In other words, that resume didn't speak 
to that can candidate's interest in or qualifications for the specific position that the employer had. And then finally, 32% of employers are concerned with the amount of words copied directly from the job posting into the resume. So it sounds like what a lot of people are doing is just loading the, the keywords from the resume into the, or keywords from the job description into the resume without being um, A, kind of strategic about how and where they place those words, or B, making sure that they have those qualifications. Obviously, if, you know, they've, if the employer has listed 14 things that they're looking for and the candidate has created a section at the top of their resume that just says, you know, skills and qualifications, and it's those skills verbatim dumped into the resume, the employer is going to doubt that that candidate has any of those qualifications. That whole section is going to kind of be negated because it was a cut and paste directly from the job description without any kind of, you know, discrimination or editing or, or strategy involved. Number one was a professionally prepared resume. The number two trend that they talked about at thejobnetwork.com was that personality will play an even greater role in the hiring process going going forward. And this made complete sense to me. You know, employers can be very picky right now. It is definitely an employer's market. Employers are still typically getting, you know, more than 100 candidates for a position, depending, of course, on what kind of position it is. So they can afford to be very picky. So the baseline is kind of, does this person have all of the qualifications that we're looking for? Notice I said all. I didn't say the majority of. Because again, when they're picky, they can start with, if this candidate doesn't have every single thing we have put into that job description as our wish list, we don't want to consider them any farther and we don't need to. But then beyond that, they're looking at, your personality. Will you fit with the organization? Do they um, do they want to spend time around you in a work environment, particularly if it is a, a, a you know a brick and mortar work environment where you physically be around this person? And their suggestion in the in the uh, on the website was to follow up in the job search process in any and all ways possible. So being creative with how you reach out to you know, the, the decision maker, the person who you sent your resume to, the people that you interviewed with after the fact, all of those kinds of things can really help your personality to come through um, throughout the process. Um, so, you know, <laughs> the, the kind of acid test that I use, I remember back years ago when I lived in, um, I lived in Georgia, and I was hiring a coordinator, I worked at a university there, and I was hiring a coordinator and I knew that within a few weeks of hiring this person that we were going to go on a rather lengthy road trip down to a conference um, down here in Florida. And I remember that I used that, that thought as a kind of a weeding out process as I was interviewing candidates. Would I want to spend, you know, seven or eight hours, whatever it was, in a car with this individual? And it's not that that is the ultimate criteria. No, I still wanted someone who had all of the qualifications. But I also wanted that person to be someone that I would enjoy spending time around and, and enjoy being in the presence of uh, for, you know, really more hours a week than I would spend around my own family members. 
So number two was personality will play an even greater role in the job search process in 2018. Number three, social media will be more important. And so here's, here's a couple of statistics that they gave. 70% of employers are screening candidates' social media profiles before making a hiring decision. I actually think that's kind of low. I wonder if that's um, maybe maybe that's taking into consideration some of the mom-and-pop shops that don't do that kind of thing. But I would think that for medium to larger-sized corporations, it's actually much higher than 70%. And, you know, I... <laughs> I think it's really important to think about depending on the role that you're do, that you're that you're taking. It's not just the absence of bad on social media, but it's the presence of good. So what is out there that speaks to your ability to influence your your followers, influence the community that you have on social media? I think that's particularly important in sales and, and marketing, which is, you know, you guys, my specialty. You really want to make sure that you're making a presence not only in your professional life on social media, but personally. And I found this interesting, but it makes complete sense. Facebook is more influential than LinkedIn in this sense of making a decision on whether or not to go forward with a candidate. So I don't know if I gave you this statistic, but 54% of employers decide against a candidate after seeing their social media profiles. Well, it makes sense that the determining factor there would be Facebook rather than LinkedIn. Because most people who have a LinkedIn profile, they understand that that's a business profile and they're very careful to have business content on there. It may suffer from a lack of content, but LinkedIn is not likely to have inappropriate content on it. Facebook is a completely another matter, so it's very likely that if something on social media is going to disqualify you from a job, it's probably going to be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but not likely on LinkedIn. So number three, social media will be more important going forward. And then the last comment uh, from thejobnetwork.com is digital resumes and portfolios are in the upswing. And the quote was, wise job seekers will utilize personal websites, online portfolios, and LinkedIn connections to stand out. So I really think it comes down to what can you do to make yourself stand out? What can you do to um, highlight your strengths, stand out from the competition, show your enthusiasm and excitement about the opportunity, and, and really just make a, 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 an incredibly impactful um, uh, uh, impression on the employer? So think about, depending on your field, so if I think about my marketing folks, an online a, a personal website makes a lot of sense, especially if you tend more towards the graphic side of, of marketing. Um, an online portfolio, um, info, an infographic document for sales folks that talks about your sales wins and some of your, you know, your key customers that you've worked with, that can be a really cool tool. So again, professionally prepared resume, Yay, I'm on board with that one for sure. Personality playing an even greater role because employers can be picky. They don't just have to get everything on their wish list in terms of qualifications. They also want you to be um, a, a, an enjoyable person to be around. Number three, social media. Make sure there's nothing on there that will work against you and also that the content that is on there will actually work for you. So we don't want just a net... Uh, net zero sum game here. We want a net win on your social media. 
And then digital resumes and portfolios. So ways that you can make yourself stand out, ways that are um, things that most people are not taking the time or, or showing the interest to do. According to topresume.com, here are some specific strategies for sales and marketing candidates. So number one, include numbers and statistics in your marketing documents and be prepared to speak about them in the interview. So for example, when I'm working with my clients, one of the things I will often do, particularly with the sales side, is I will create a, a chart, a text box, a graph, something visual on the resume that talks about their sales wins. And they have to be really impressive. So if I have a client whose wins, for whatever reason, haven't been amazing, we're probably not going to call them out in such a visual fashion. But if I've got a client who, you know, he comes in in his first year as director of sales and it's a $3 million organization and a year later it's a $28 million organization, I want to put that in, in, in as visual and invisible, as visible a place as possible. So make sure that those numbers and those statistics are front and center on your resume. Keep in mind, guys, that when you're thinking about a resume, your achievements, your accomplishments, those sales wins, those marketing wins, those numbers of statistics, that's what differentiates you from your competition. If all your resume has on it is, here were my job duties, dot, 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 then really what you're saying to the employer is, in, in previous jobs, I was hired to do a job, and I did it. Not a great marketing push for you. It's really those achievements. It's how well you did those job duties that will speak to the employer. So topresume.com also said for director level positions, so sales director, marketing director, you want to show evidence of your ability to define and execute strategy as well as your experience with effective P&L management. So one of the things that I will often put on clients' resumes if they did manage a budget is how big was that budget? How many people did they manage? Um, and I always want to make sure that we're talking about high-level kinds of strategic things so that the employer sees that while this marketing person can do the worker bee stuff and has done the worker bee stuff, that now we're at a strategic level. We're leading the people who do the worker bee things couple of tips specifically for sales and marketing folks during phone interviews. So if we, if we take a step back, phone interviews are often the initial step in the hiring process, whether it's because of geography, this company is conducting a broad search and people are, are interviewing from all over the country, or whether it's just for time and expediency to eliminate the candidate pool and get it down to a much more manageable number for on-site interviews, that phone interview is often the first step in the hiring process. And so keep in mind, it is a screening interview. And screening interviews are used to screen candidates out, not in. Now, my best tip that I will give you about phone interviews is to dress as if it were an in-person interview. I think increasingly companies are using things like Zoom and Skype, so they really are visual interviews. But even if it's just a phone interview, dress up in your interview clothes. It really makes a difference in how you show up mentally, how your voice sounds, just how you are during that interview. All right, so going back to topresume.com's suggestions, one of the things that the interviewer is determining during this phone interview is how open you are to coaching and molding. So I just want you to be aware of that and, and keep in mind that some of the questions may be geared towards 
how coachable are you? How moldable are you? Or are you very set in your ways and, and unmalleable? For sales interviews specifically, the interview wants to know what type of sales cycle you prefer and have had the most success with it. In fact, when I'm working with clients on their job search and they're trying to find target employers that they want to go after, that's one of the things we talk about. That's There's a huge difference between you know, selling a high ticket product with a 24 month sales cycle to selling something smaller value that, that might have a very short sales cycle. And there's no right or wrong here, but it's very important for you to be clear on what kind of sales cycle works best for you and what you prefer and not to go after jobs that aren't going to have that kind of sales cycle. It's not going to be a good fit. You're going to be unhappy. You're going to be looking again really soon. Another thing that the interview interviewer in a phone interview is looking for, and this is so basic but yet so important, are you able to hold a normal, cordial conversation? So, you know, if they're hiring you for a sales role, that's going to be your, your deal all day long, every day, is holding conversations with people. So is it um, a lot of work for the interview to hold that conversation with you, or in fact, um, is it, you know, a pretty easy process? You want to make sure sales or marketing to show relevance between the experiences that you've had and the position you're interviewing for. And that really goes back to the resume. So that's one of the things that a professional resume writer will bring to the plate is the ability to look at what you've done versus what you want to do next and make sure that those questions are answered, those gaps are bridged as to relevance. But you're also going to want to have those, they're going to ask you those questions for the interview. So you're going to want to be really clear on what you bring to the table from your experience. So particularly if you're shifting sectors, you're shifting, um, you know, industries, whatever the case may be, what's the relevance? How, what are the, you know, I think of it as dotted lines. So let's go back to the example of the sales cycle. Maybe you've sold a very different type of product in a very different type of industry, but it had the same sales cycle as the company that you're applying for now. So there's the dotted line. Maybe it's a very different sales cycle and one that appeals to you much more, but yet you're selling in the same industry that you did before. So whatever the commonalities are, be sure you make that very clear. You want to make it easy for the employer to understand how you will fit well into their company and into this position. Don't expect them to make those mental leaps. Also, know your numbers. So we talked earlier about how important those numbers and statistics are and you want to have them top of mind so that when you go into the interview and they ask you a question that will require you to talk about a sales number, talk about marketing results and market share gain and, and um, you know impressions and those kinds of things, you want to make sure you have those numbers at the ready. Also, have an answer to the question about why you're looking to leave your current employer. Be very clear about that in your mind and be very prepared to answer that question. It's a legitimate question for the employer to ask you. And then finally, you want to be really gracious with the recruiter and gracious with the employer if you aren't offered a position. So, you know, the old expression of never burning your bridges is really a good one here. So let's say that you go through a series of interviews, you go through many of them, and yet for whatever reason, they don't select you as the final candidate. There is nothing to be served by being angry about that or being confrontational or belligerent about that. You never know 
when another opportunity might open up with that employer. If you're dealing with a third-party recruiter, then presumably you're going to want that third-party recruiter to help you in the future, and so burning that bridge will kind of prevent that from happening. So certainly, you're, you know, you're welcome to ask about, you know, why weren't you the candidate? What did they see in the, in the selected candidate that they didn't see in you? Ask for that intel. You may or may not get it. But keep that, that communication open. Be gracious about the time that they did spend considering you and understand that you never know what might happen down the road. So something might open up um, later that you will you know, be considered for as long as you don't burn that bridge. So I hope that this kind of gives you some perspective um, if you're planning to launch a job search in, in 2018 of what's going on and what the shifts are. Interestingly enough, in most sectors, I'm hearing very good news about hiring prospects for next year. I'm not hearing about dips. I'm not hearing about, um, in most cases, there's growth. It's, it's modest, but there's growth. Uh, and I'm hearing pretty much some optimism around that. So hopefully that bodes well for you. Of course, I'm always here for you to support you. I wanna be your job search coach. So whether you ask me a question on the on the podcast whether you i hope you subscribe rate and review um, you're welcome to go to my website and communicate with me there and uh, let's start that conversation i'll be glad to answer any questions that i can for you and hook you up so i hope that you will hook me up too with a great review and tell me more about what you want to hear how can i serve you best with this podcast how can i be your career coach so i hope um, that you are enjoying your Christmas holidays or, or season holidays and that you are um, getting some downtime now. And I hope that you're using at least a little piece of that downtime to kind of reflect on the year and think about where you want to go in 2018. So I will talk to you next week. And until then, I am signing off. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.